Hello, you're listening to the Various and Sundry Things podcast, the vast podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. Friends, Romans, countrymen, isn't that Shakespeare? Lend me your ears. I hope you've been doing well since the last time we talked. Listen, I honestly am tired for myriad reasons, but (laughs) the school year has started here in Kentucky and it is in full swing. It feels like um, at this part, or rather at this point that we've been in school (laughs) for... What's that um, reference in Interstellar? Like one day is like 11 years and 14 days or something. It really does feel like that. It's a rough start to the school year. Honestly, the first day was not the best. I've had better starts. Um, and I've been teaching for over two de- two decades now. Um, the second day was much better. And subsequent days have gotten a lot better. Uh, well, better. I shouldn't say a lot. I want to be cautiously optimistic, but (laughs) um, yeah, that first day was a little rough. Um, Yeah, it's middle school. I'll pray for him. But like I said, uh, I'm tired already. I know, right? School year just started. But apparently I am not alone. Where's Michael Jackson? You are not alone. Well, he's dead. But anyway, um, yeah, I read an article on Yahoo News, and this didn't shock me. Not even the raw number shocked me, but I guess I was mildly surprised. Um, the title of the article is U.S. has, you ready? This might shock you. U.S. has 300,000 teacher school staff vacancies. NEA President Rebecca Pringle says, that's the National Education Association president, by the way, um, the largest teachers union in the country. Um, In the article, she talks about how um, they've been sounding the alarm, she says, for over a decade and a half about teacher shortages and staff shortages throughout the country um, and just some everywhere, rural areas, did I say that right? Rural, suburban areas urban areas. Um, And yeah, it's not just teachers. Um, If you pay attention to the news just a little bit, you know, last year was a major um, bus driver shortage uh, here in Kentucky and various and sundry parts of Kentucky is a major uh, bus driver shortage. Um, Just couldn't get people to, you know, take on that job. I don't blame them. Um, Yeah, tough job. Anyway, further on in the article, she says, um, according to the NEA, about 55% of educators are saying that they are thinking about leaving the profession earlier than anticipated. Well, actually, she was asked this question, and this was the background to it. Um, So, you know, she mentioned the pandemic as perhaps being why this was happening. Um, And the interviewer asked, you know, like, why, how do you combat that? And she says that, They were shocked when they saw those types of numbers um, in terms of, you know, the number of educators who are planning to leave the profession early. And she said it's even higher for Black teachers and Latinx teachers. Um, One of the things that she mentions in the article that I have heard over and over again, it's, 
you know, it's almost like a perfect storm um, in that, you know, storms are really, really bad and they um, cause a lot of havoc. So you have the pandemic, right? Um, you have a number of um, teachers, as mentioned here, that are thinking about leaving the profession early, some 55%. That's high. Um, and you have fewer and fewer people who are actually entering education, like, you know, at the college level, fewer and fewer people who are interested in, you know, becoming a teacher. And quite frankly, I mean, it's... It, <laughs> I'm trying to make it not sound as bad as it is, but it's challenging. And that's putting it mildly, right? Um, these teacher shortages, these staff shortages, um, one of the things that's mentioned in this article is like a big lack of substitutes. Listen, I cannot tell you, begin to tell you rather, how bad it is um, with regard to the number of uh, substitutes or the lack thereof. These substitute teacher shortages are no joke. Um, it's just, so when I taught in elementary school, uh, they would just combine classes because they didn't have enough uh, subs to cover when teachers were absent. And that's what makes education so unlike other professions, you know, and no offense to office workers or anything like that. Um, God bless you in the work that you do. But like, if you're absent at the office, um, unless there's like a major project due or something like that, you know, you know, your light stays off in your office or your cubicle, you know, nobody's sitting there in your particular portion of the office. Let me put it like that. I'm not trying to evoke memories of Dilbert. Remember that in a little comic strip? But anyway, you know, it's not like you need someone to sit, you know, and cover a whole class for the day. But when teachers are absent, um, you know, there's however many students that still need to be, you know, at least covered for the day, right? Um, now, let's be honest. When there's substitute teachers, there's not a lot of learning going on. Not a lot of new learning. Hopefully, there's some review. Really, schools, principals, administrators, and other teachers just want the class to stay quiet. Nobody get hurt. Nobody screaming and running down the hallway. And everybody goes home at the end of the day in one piece on the school bus or however they got there. Not by ambulance, right? Right. But the substitute teacher shortage is major. I mean, teachers, like I said, when I taught elementary school, they just combine classes. Like, you know, okay, so we're going to split this class up and you take these many kids and you take these many kids. And it's like, wait, what? You know, and a lot of times it'd be, you know, mildly chaotic. Um, in elementary and high schools, teachers cover each other's classes when there's not enough uh, subs, um, you know, on their uh, planning periods. Um, we did a lot of that. Um, in the last year. And um, I finally get uh, in the last year too, is my first time that happened, um, get compensated for covering someone else's class because it's, you know, it's your protected planning time or something like that. But it got really bad. And like um, the NEA president um, alluded to, COVID really exacerbated the substitute shortage situation. I mean, because who really wanted to go into a school, you know, and risk getting COVID? right? Um, you know, some schools masking policies were enacted and some schools they weren't. Um, you know, kids get sick anyway. I remember, you know, again, when I was teaching in Chicago and my doctor, this was years ago, was like, you don't get a flu shot? I was like, no, girl, I'm fine. She's like, honey, please. <laughs> all the students that you work with and all the you know, viruses and things that they may carry, you know, you need to protect yourself. And so 
for for a long, long time now, I've been getting a flu shot. And I know there's a lot of anti-vaxxers out there. Listen, I'm not here to try to convince you. I'm just telling you what I do. Um, yeah. So yeah, the substitute teacher situation, um, I don't even think that that's part of the 300,000 teacher and staff vacancies that um, the NEA president, uh, Becky Pringle, is referring to, but that's real. Um, it, and, and, it's, and it's tough. I mean, I've worked as a sub myself um, in a number of school districts, actually, and uh, going into a classroom as a substitute teacher, you know, the class is going to be up for grabs. It's just going to be crazy. One of the things that I thought about when I was preparing this episode is uh, what people don't really know about what goes down in schools and what goes down in classrooms. I know schools, classrooms, same thing, right? Same difference. But listen, um, yeah, some of you, listen, some of you will know. I use that listen a lot. I think that's my teacher cue up. Like, listen, students, this is important. No, it's not. You're a liar. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Unless you've been in a classroom, right? Or unless you have me as a friend and some of my other teacher friends, you have no idea. Wonderful listener. Did I tell you I appreciate you? You have no idea the craziness that goes on in schools. Um, I really need to put all these together and write a book about it. Uh, there's some people who are mining gold off of this stuff too. Um, oh, I can't think of that one um, comedian's name. Uh, and he did a little spot for us, um, during the pandemic, um, pandemic, pandemic, oh Lord, pandemic, black guy. Um, he says what teachers are really thinking. He talks a little bit fast. I can't think his name. I'm so sorry. I got to find him, but he's hilarious. He is not lying. Not one lie has been told by that guy. It seems like it's so funny, but it's so much the truth. Um, most school TV shows are contrived. They're not super accurate at all. Um, what's the one on ABC? Uh, what's her name? Quinta? Is it Quinta Brunson? Abbott Elementary. That's the name of her TV show. Um, yeah, Quinta Brunson. She's good. She first of all, she's very humorous, even in her role. Um, and I know she's a writer. She is the like head writer. I think um, you know, uh, producer of the TV show too. Um, yeah. That's, that's a pretty funny show and it's also pretty accurate. Okay. So besides the humor, it's also pretty accurate, but I know I've seen a lot of TV shows, um, that revolve around schools and they're just not, they're just not realistic. I mean, the things that happen, it's just not, mm -mm, mm -mm, no, no ma'am, no sir, no how, no way. Um, <clears throat> I have a pen from um, this company called Inclusive Randomness, and it's uh, Joe Clark for president. Have you ever seen Lean on Me? Honey, yes. Now, that's a little bit more accurate. I'm not saying that every school is like that, but I promise on a six-pack of reading textbooks that every school has some of those students in it. I mean, there's some students that do some really, really nice things and really, really sweet and kind and come to school every day to learn and, you know, are, you know, fairly malleable and, you know, real cool, get along. You know, I have a lot of those students. I've met a lot of them in my um, teaching career. Um, a lot of my students have come back and hugged me um, just in the last couple of days and I miss them too. I miss y'all. But I promise you that there are some characters in the schools, 
So I put out a clarion call <laughs> on uh, Facebook and asked um, my educator friends or even people who've just been around education and know educators, um, what are some of the weirdest or funniest things that have happened to them, um, you know, in their career? And man, woman, did I get a lot, a lot. So much so um, that I, I definitely can't share it all in one podcast. Um, I, and I asked some people that I know um, in real life too, you know, so offline people, um, you know, what were some of the weirdest or, and or funniest situations that they've been in, um, you know, in their careers as, uh, you know, educators in the schools. Um, just any, like I say, anywhere around it, you will get just an earful. Um, I mean, and it also depends on who you ask because everyone's perspective is different. So we think about schools and we think about, like when you walk into school, you know, the front office staff, right? So they get a lot. They get a lot because they usually have to deal with all the parents. And especially if it's an irate parent, and I guarantee you, somebody's mama, daddy, auntie, grandma, whoever, going to be mad. They're going to be mad at some point in the school year. So they have to deal with that, whether it's in person or whether it's, you know, over the phone. Then, of course, you get the school administrators in the front office, right? Um, and God bless the ones that I work with. God bless them. Heaven sent, right? Um, they really are. They get all of it. All of it. So if there's some kind of chaos in somebody's classroom, you know, whatever that entails, they're going to have to deal with it. Right. So I don't necessarily have to deal with the chaos in one of my fellow educators classrooms. So sorry, y'all. But the the administrators will. And then, of course, um, I think about the cafeteria workers. God bless them, too, because kids come in here and, you know, they are rude. They forget all their manners. Not all of them. Again, not all of them. But a lot of them forget their manners, forget their home training. Um, some of them may not. Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna have to go there, y'all. Some of them may just not know what they're supposed to do, you know, saying please and thank you and all that other kind of stuff. I know, I know they're children, right? They can be taught. They have a lot of problems. They bring a lot of situations to school. Y'all, mm -hmm, all right. Thank you. But you can still say thank you. And especially, you know, once they get up in age, and I'm going to use that term, once they get up in age, come on now, really? You're still being rude? Mm, something's wrong there. Cafeteria workers, God bless them. The custodians, they see it all, know it all, have heard it all because they're the ones who are primarily responsible. Now, everybody pitches in for sure, but they are the ones who are primarily responsible for cleaning up after America's youth. Youth with an F all up in the microphone. Yes, youth, 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 all of them. They are the ones. And so they see the very disturbing behaviors of some of the kids and with regard to what they do discard and what they don't discard and the proper nature of discarding those things. Who am I missing? Counselors. Oh my God. Love those people. Love them. They are also angels because they have to deal with all of, they also deal with their share of irate parents. I'm um, like, as our counselors deal with, you know, entire grade levels of students, you know how in middle school, you know, that's what they do. And in high school, of course, same thing. Um, they also deal with all of the, you know, myriad issues that the kids bring to them when they need to see a counselor. And some of these issues are very, very serious. A lot of these kids, kids need a lot more support than what they're getting at home in their communities, um, in their neighborhoods. Things are just different. And like the NEA president said, again, the pandemic just busted all of this wide open. I kept saying that during um, pandemic teaching and I still haven't gotten to all the fun stuff yet. Sorry, it's kind of serious opening here and kind of protracted opening, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm going somewhere as the preacher say, I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. 
um, there was a lot of complaints during the pandemic, right? It, initially, you know, we were like frontline workers, you know, God bless medical professionals and delivery people and teachers because they're doing, you know, the Lord's work. And then then it turned. And they were like, they are the spawn of Satan. We hate them. I was like, wait, ho- hold on. That was just yesterday. I was a hero. We don't need another. Yeah, nah. Is that Tina Turner? Yeah. So it turned very quickly. Um, you know, because the kids aren't learning and they're not getting um an education, and the teachers are just, you know, asking them to turn on their cameras. Well, uh, um, it is Zoom, so it's kind of difficult to teach to, you know, black screens all the time. And you know, for you know, in regard with regard to our school, like we didn't make our students turn on cameras, right? If they weren't comfortable showing their home environment, that's fine. I get that. Um, but like, you know, some classes it'd be all no, you know, all black faces, the little outline, the little silhouettes and zoom and all that kind of stuff. It was just really tough. The point that I'm trying to make here, what's the point? The point that I'm trying to make here is um, the pandemic did not create as many problems, in my humble opinion, did not create as many problems as it did exposed a number of problems that were just, you know, kids were kind of skating over and parents and communities and all of us, uh, because we were all responsible, right? All of us were kind of skating over or weren't fully address fully addressing. I mean, it was it was bad. The pandemic made it worse for sure. There was a lot of bad stuff going on, but the pandemic just exposed it. Like, oh, oh yeah, it's that bad. So now I'm going to turn a little bit <laughs> because what I did ask um, my colleagues, my friends, um, well, some of the again weirdest and funniest things. You ready? Okay, so we're going to get a little bit more light here. Um, I'm going to warn you uh, some of the stories that I'm going to share. Are, are a little disturbing, um, and I'm gonna call my list so that it's not it doesn't gross you out. But believe you me, pause. Some of the things that my colleagues told me about, I was like, I I, I needed a meme because my face would not contort because I don't want to get all these premature wrinkles. But it, some of the things that I heard were just absolutely gross. Like on the mild end, friends, let's start with the kid with the foot fetish. Um, what y'all doing about him at home? I mean, what you doing about this student at home? No names to protect the innocent. A foot fetish? Like you had to keep your feet out of his sight because he would try to get to feet. Come on. Like try to act on that foot fetish. Not just like I like feet. And personally, I don't. Um, but like, mm, that's strange. Um I remember some years ago, um, some of the behaviors that, I'm going to turn from that one, some of the behaviors that students exhibit in school, I know are, you know, um, the culmination of many things that are impacting them, right? So it's their family life, their community life. Um, Let me tell y'all something. If y'all don't get these kids off these doggone social media websites, apps, and all this other kind of stuff, they are being exposed to who knows what by who knows who, all matter and time of day, they kick off more hot garbage online. They talk big stuff. And y'all, some of these kids are fighters. They they back it up. But they talk so much trash online and are exposed to so much trash online. And unfortunately, some parents, for whatever reason, are not really monitoring what their kids are being exposed to on social media. And I'm not even talking about like predators and things like that. I'm talking about just other kids who go to the same school as they do. 
they talk about them, the language that they use is filthy. It is hot, buttered garbage, a hot, hot mess. Um, my friend and I call it a car wash. It's just awful. And it. so, yeah, please, please and thanks. So I'm saying that to say I know a lot of the behaviors that um, kids exhibit in school aren't necessarily things that their parents are doing around them or maybe they're like community friends and neighbors and things like that. It's probably at this point a lot of what they're seeing on these social media um, apps that they're really not able to process. I mean, there's a whole big science behind that. They're frontal lobe. I think that's what it is, right? They're just not ready to handle it. They can't rightly divide the word of truth. They definitely can't even rightly divide. Long division is a challenge for some old kids. Hmm. In my teaching profession, I've had students, older students, not little kids, older students um, not know how to spell their parents' names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had students not know how to spell the month that they were born in. Older students. I don't want to specify how old, but we're not talking about lower elementary kids, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, back to some funnier things or j- just downright weird. Um, there's a story. There's a story of a kid who crawled in the ceiling and you know how the ceilings have those panels and a kid somehow got up there and was just crawling around in the ceiling. Like you've seen memes of that on um Instagram with animals getting caught up there. Like what? That one episode of The Office. What did Dwight throw up there? Oh no, it was Angela. She threw her cat up there trying to save him from the fire. fire. And then the cat fell down, went up in one panel and fell down another one. <clears throat> this was a whole child, y'all. A whole child. That get up in the ceiling, not dancing on it, crawling in it. We're crawling in the ceiling. Um, I remember uh, this is this this one's personal. Um, I was absent one day, came back to school the next day, and the students were like, um, "So, teacher, do you want us to tell you what had happened on the previous day?" I was like, "Do I really want to know?" And like, "Do you want to see the video?" I was like, "Lord Jesus, I really don't." But you know, they had their phones out at that point, and so I looked at the video. And there was a student, um, male, uh, twerking on a desk. Yes. Um, quite impressive, uh, to be honest. But yes, um, his hinder parts <laughs> were uh, twerking in the air. Um, yeah. Um, another student I remember um, was humping um, the poles in the end zone. Yeah, if I remember remembering that story. Uh, correctly. You know, some of the behavior, mm, I just, mm, I just wonder, I just wonder. Um, Let's see what's another uh, kind of uh, funny one. Um, One of my colleagues said on their uh, first day and first encounter with a student that um, one student was telling another student, um, I will knock your head off and roll it down the street. I was like, dang. Um, that's actually like a really, really hard comeback. Like if you're in an argument with somebody and you tell them that, they might back off of you. Like you're going to knock my head off and roll it down the street. That, that's quite graphic. That's quite graphic. But can I also admit though that I was quite impressed with that. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. That's my Chicago South Side coming out. Like, yeah, okay. You don't want this smoke. Um, a, another funny story, the, funny and weird, y'all. A student um, brought their pet snake to school. Um, hid it in their clothing. Uh, yeah, it was not show and tell day, just for the record. But yeah, a whole snake. 
Um, <laughs> Lord, um, I'm, I'm looking at my list and I'm like snickering and laughing. Um, one of the funny stories that I heard today was how a teacher uh, ruined Santa for a middle schooler. So we're talking about a kid that was approximately, let's say 12, you know, just roundabouts, 12 years old. And the teacher was telling the students how um, their own child had came to um, uh, him and said, uh, you know, uh, um, I no longer believe in Santa. And the teacher was expressing, you know, like, oh, you've reached that age now where, you know, you know, Santa is not a, you know, a real person. And so the teacher was sharing this story, like I said, with um, their students. And lo and behold, um, sometime in the future, the teacher got a phone call and said that uh, the student said that uh, he had believed in Santa. And so the teacher had uh, ruined Santa. That's tough. That's tough to carry with you in your, you know, educator career. Yeah, I ruined Santa for a middle school kid. What was funny about this story too is that the teacher said that for the rest of the year, the kid looked at um, the teacher like the teacher was the voice of truth because if the teacher told the truth about Santa, then surely everything else that was coming out of the teacher's mouth had to be Bible, had to be gospel. I still think that's a little funny. I shouldn't laugh. Okay, I won't. I won't laugh on the podcast. I'll laugh after I get off the podcast. Um. <clears throat> Ooh, a snicker. Sorry, my bad. Um, a couple of other really, really just odd stories. Um, a kid ordered a pizza for delivery to the school. The school official said, told the delivery man, um, they can't, can't accept that. <laughs> and the delivery man left it. Delivery person left it anyway. Um, speaking of remote learning, one of my friends, um, and I was so glad that she came back and told me this story about the pandemic teaching had a student that um, in her mind, um, she called him chicken boy because during the pandemic, um, one morning he decided to eat fried chicken for breakfast on camera. Um, and this particular student just did not care about any of the remote learning rules. I mean, the way that she was sharing this story, it's like the kid thought that the Zoom camera was like um, a reality TV camera. Like it was supposed to go with him Everywhere there was like to the store, uh, Walmart, playing with a cat, um, riding his bike. Um, my friend said that uh, she'd look up and then the screen would be just moving, like the cameraman on, on Maury, you know, like when they're chasing the people down the hallway, it's not your baby. Oh my god, like, why is this kid thinking this is like a reality show? But she said for her own sanity, she just like she let it ride. Like, you want fry bacon in class? Go ahead and fry your bacon. All right. Uh, just turn off the camera and come back when you're finished. I have a million of those stories personally um, during the pandemic. I remember one time a kid, now I stopped asking kids to turn on their cameras. Um, I had a couple of kids that would, and I was like, cool, we good. Um, but like, I remember one time a kid turned on his camera and I think he must've forgot he was shirtless. Thank God it was male, but still I, I, I didn't need to see any of that. I needed none of that imagery. Uh, he and some other children were playing around in the room and um, one kid was looking out the window and somebody was like rolling across on the bed. I was like, please turn your camera off, please. Cause I didn't know what was going to happen next. The shirtlessness was enough for me. 
and you know, you know, the song My Eyes Have Seen the Glory. Mm-mm, it was the opposite of that. My eyes have seen just too much. And um, it wasn't like I said, it was just shirtless, but it was I I I no, I don't mm-mm. I was like, please turn your camera off. That happened um frequently. Kids would forget that, you know, um the camera was on and they'd be doing something uh goofy. Kids would um turn on their cameras and I could see them playing video games. Um, hello. <laughs> I was like, just turn the camera off, you know, just, that's all right. That's just all right. Um, a couple of times that happened and, uh, I called the parents and I was like, Hey, so I'm trying to, you know, educate your child and their camera is on and they are playing video games. And that happened one time. And the parent like stormed into the kid's room. Like, what are you doing? I was like, whoop, there it is. Um, one kid snoring on camera. Um, I just moved them to the waiting room. Like, you know what? We It's enough when the kids sleep in class. It's enough. I've had kids snoring and sleeping in class. Um, I've had kids drooling um, on the desk. And I'm not boring, just for the record. I'm not a boring teacher. Um, I had kids drooling on the desk. I always warn them. Like, if you drool, if you sleep, if you snore, um, because you signed that... Um, acceptable use policy, you and your parents, and, you know, gives the school the right to, um, you know, record your image. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to, I'm sounding Kentucky now, right? I'm going to take your picture. I am going to, I am. I also tell my students that if they, I don't like them when they, I don't like when they rock in their chairs. That's one of my pet peeves. I have a list of pet peeves on the wall. And if they rock in their chair and they happen to fall, I'm going to ask them three times. Well, I think I said two this year, two times. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Three times. Positive. Yeah. I said, then we're going to pose with you on the floor and take pictures because it invariably it happens every year. Some kid tips just a little bit too far back. As a matter of fact, it already happened this year. Kid tipped a little bit too far back, banged his head on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Thought about that song. She bangs, she bangs, boom. And it was a male student just for the record. But um, yeah. Ooh, one of my favorite ones that I got from one of my colleagues, um, a student uh, constantly like had a whole hair salon, like Sally's Beauty Supply in their backpack. Um, edge control, rubber bands, brushes, a comb, a flat iron, gel. What got me y'all and what weakened me for months was a lash kit. I just, I, I, I cannot, I, I could not recover from the lash kit. You got all that in your backpack? For real though? Um, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> Just and what's funny is the kids always complain about how heavy their backpacks are. I've had a couple of students this, again, middle, um, not middle of the school year, beginning of the school year. My backpack is so heavy. How? Most of the textbooks now are online, and so our schools, um, our district, I think, um, entire district is one to one. Especially after the pandemic, a lot of districts went one to one. I'm meaning all the students students who have a uh, Chromebooks now or some type of computing device. Like, what are you carrying in there? Um, extra clothes. Uh, I mean, they got every school supply that you can think of. Stuff that I know was not on my list because we don't really need it. I mean, we got Chromebooks, a couple of pencils, Chromebook folder for some random and uh, various and sundry papers. I don't don't need all that other stuff. You know, you know, the paper towels and the net tissue and all that kind of stuff is nice. Um, A lot of times, you know, the teachers pull together and we are able to get all that stuff. But I don't know what they got in their book bags. You know, the kids say they have a lot of stuff in there. Check them. Check them backpacks. One student had like, um, so that one student had like Sally's Beauty Supply. Another student had like the corner, um, uh, 
you know, a convenience store with a whole bunch of Takis and other kinds of chips. And y'all, they eat all this for breakfast. We are not exaggerating when we talk about that. When you hear teachers talk about kids eating all this junk food for breakfast, it's true. And most schools nowadays get have free breakfast because of whatever government law passed during whoever. Free breakfast in the classroom is better than Takis. That red dye is messing up their brains. I've been saying that for years. That red dye is messing them up. Um, one of my other colleagues said that um, the hallways used to smell like uh, burnt flat iron hair because the girls would wait until um, first period to finish doing their hair to avoid the moisture. Like, so if it was raining or whatever outside and it was damp, so they come in, you know, let the hair dry out. You know, we're not going to even talk about these girls in the bonnets. God bless. You're not going to talk about, and we also not going to talk about the boys still sagging their pants. I've told them if I see your pants, if I see your underwear, that's a, that's our dress code though. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I'm going to spray bleach in my eyes. I don't want to see it. But yeah, the girls would do their hair flat iron <laughs> after first period. Um, just some other random ones that are quick, quick funnies. Um, a teacher had to say, um, get the wet floor sign out of your pants. I hollered at that one. Um, a teacher had to tell some uh, also middle schoolers, sixth graders, I'm just going to bust them out, sixth graders to, quote, stop licking each other's elbows, end quote, after she informed them that you cannot physically lick your elbow, your own elbow. So they started licking each other's elbow, elbows. Kids are gross. Gross. Speaking of gross, um, another one, another teacher uh, saw like a broken Belveda bar on the floor and wondered, mm, I wonder, you know, just random, right? I wonder what flavor that is. A kid picked it up, put it in their mouths like, mm, it's blueberry, honey. Friends, listeners, please, y'all, Yuck, yuck aroma. Um, yeah, uh, let's see another funny one. Um, oh, oh, listen, um, Taj, I appreciate you. I hope you don't mind me saying your name on the broadcast. On the broadcast, like we, <laughs> it's a podcast, Donna. It's not a broadcast. Listen, Taj, I won't say last name, shared this little quick hit for me. And I really, I could not recover for this. I'm still, I still haven't recovered. Parent came up to school to, um, you know, black folks say whoop. I also heard that white people say whoop too. Um, to whoop the child because the, ch the child took a good work wig to school with her. I was done. The good work wig. Done. You hear me? I have hollered many days for that. Um, a, a couple of funny ones that I've run into, um, other stories I've run into. And this actually happened to me Um a number of years ago now, but um, where teachers have been mistaken for students. It happened with my students when we were trying to do an end of the year photo shoot. Um, I, had, I was teaching eighth grade at the time and the photographer was like fussing at me, get over there, get over there. And so the, the students looked at me and then turned around and looked at the photographer and was like, she's the teacher. I was like, oh my God, is it the height? What is going on? Right. Um, I, I saw that a couple of times. Um, uh, some of my friends and uh, fellow educators said that, that they had... Um, <laughs> been mistaken for um, a student, which I guess isn't a bad thing, you know, depending on the circumstances. Um, another funny story, um, a teacher called a parent about, um, you know, the the kid's behavior. And then while I guess they were talking on the phone, the kid walked in, um, the parents started yelling and all the teacher heard was a whole bunch of commotion in the background. <laughs> I guess it was some furniture moving going on. 
Um, one of my other uh, teacher uh, friends, colleagues, uh, talks about how funny it is. Do you know how about this phenomenon? The kids walk like they do this kind of weird walk because they don't want to crease um, their Air Force Ones or Jordans or any any of the new new shoes, right? They don't want to crease them. And then like before the pandemic, you know, during the pandemic, hand sanitizer was a real big deal. Um, you know, before the pandemic to help clean their shoes. I used to get so mad at the kids for that. Ooh, if you don't put my hand sanitizer down, getting hand sanitizer attention to keep them shoes clean, killing me softly. Um, let's see, I'm trying to find another one. Oh yeah, okay, that one's too gross. That one's new. That uh, so there's a couple of stories that I got that involve bodily fluids. Mm -mm. Yeah, I would have to change the rating of this particular episode. Oh, this one was funny. Um, uh, during a parent-teacher conference, um, the teacher was leading uh, the mother and father of the student, um, you know, uh, you know, like back, you know, to the front of the school to like, you know, show them how to get out. And the father was trying to hang back and ask one of the other teachers on the date. That happened to me during an open house very, very many years ago now, um, not here in Kentucky, but um, the parents were supposed to be rotating through their uh, kids' schedule. Um, that's a popular thing, like in uh, middle and high schools, I suppose, uh, for open house. Um, and uh, like I said, th this was definitely in Chicago. So funny. And the parent kept hanging back, uh, male parents, asked me all these like random questions. And I was like, bro, open house is over. Okay. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. It's time. <laughs> you to go. Um, let me see. Some of these are so bad because if I, I feel like if I share them, it's going to like make make it look like I'm like beating up on kids and their parents. And I really don't want to do that. But y'all, you just would not believe the weirdness, um, just, just the odd stuff. Um, one of the weirdest things um, that happened to me in my teaching career, not too long ago, as a matter of fact, um, the backstory is you got to know my personality as a teacher. So I find myself, um, kids say I'm funny. Um, and one thing that they say about me, which I really, really love, is that I'm fair. So I'm not going to just like get on students who, you know, always present challenging behaviors and then let the little, you know, goody two shoes, you know, in quotation marks, get away with stuff. Nope. If it's a rule, it's a rule. Now I will, you know, take on under, you know, into consideration what, you know, prompted this, like, you know, violation of the rule or the classroom expectation. That's what we we're saying nowadays. Right. Um, but I'm fair about it. So like what's good for the goose is good for the gander and all that other kind of stuff. So, but also I'm, I, I like to think I'm rather firm when I need to be, especially. Um, and that, you know, like, Obviously, I thought too highly of myself in this situation, but I also kind of think that I'm a teacher that you just don't cross. Like, leave me alone, you know, because, you know, like, you know, Michelle Obama, God bless her. You know, when they go low, we go high. Sometimes I match energy. That might not be appropriate as a teacher all the time. And I say it sometimes. Don't be trying to find out where I teach and stuff. But sometimes I match energy. Like, if you go low, listen. I tell my students, I live on the island of respect. As long as you respect me, I will respect you. If you disrespect me, and I usually just leave it hanging like right there, like ellipsis, dot, dot, dot. Don't come for me. I won't come for you. So again, thinking that I'm, you know, kind of firm, don't cross me, I'm fair, you know, you know, not unreasonable. Friends, I'm going to tell you like how, like how I will say it. Child, let me tell you, this student of mine <clears throat> sat up in my class 
You ready? Vaping. No cap, as the kids say. Vaping in class. And like I said, this was not that long ago because, you know, vaping is rather a recent phenomenon, especially among, um, you know, kids. Uh, and here's the thing. I didn't even see it. I didn't see it and I didn't smell it. But luckily, every class has a reliable snitch. You know, the kids always be like, snitches, get stitches. First of all, you're not in prison. Shut up. You're <laughs> talking about some get stitches. You, Who are you? An enforcer? You're, you're rolling in the gang? Now, hey, I don't know how that is. But I was like, stop saying that mess. I had little kids that used to say that. Snitches, get stitches. Really? Really? You don't even know how to spell stitch. Be quiet. But yeah, luckily, I had a good old snitch in my class and busted that other student out right there on the spot. Oh, my God. That student, called the student's name, is vaping. And I was like, <gasps> and the whole class was like, <gasps> I was in shock, in shock. Like, I just, I was like, vaping in my class? And and I, and I, like, I was talking to myself and talking to the student and talking to the class all at the same time because, like, that's the oddest thing that has ever happened. Now, listen, I know some other educators were like, oh, psh, in class, child, lucky it wasn't in your face. But I know this vaping situation is out of hand. These kids are getting these products and they vaping everywhere. And I've been kind of, sort of teasing my students about it this year, like, because the boys hide it in their pants. And then when they go in the bathroom, they pull it out of their pants and they puff, puff, give, you know, they you know, they they all share it. And I'm like, that's kind of gross, especially post-COVID. You really want to smoke something that's been in someone else's pants? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, this particular student was vaping in my class. And like I said, I was just talking to myself and like talking to the student, talking to my I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe this. So in my class, are you? And like my voice kept going up, like the pitch of it was just getting higher. And I was like, okay. And so I was like, I think I, I'm pretty sure I called someone. I was like, um, I need a student removed. And he was like, when it got to the door, I was like, uh, for what? And I was loud as all get out because this dude was vaping in my class. <gasps> like, seriously, I, it, it can't be. Listen, did I mention that this was like first class of the morning? Mm -hmm. Is it that serious? Listen, so when you hear teachers talking about kids and educators, I shouldn't just say teachers. When you hear educators and everybody that work in the school system talk about these kids and their addictions, y'all, it's real. It's real out in these streets, in these school streets. It's hard out here, which would probably explain why, why there are um, over 300,000 educator and staff vacancies in schools. I mean, this podcast may not encourage anyone to go into the teaching profession. Um, I didn't want to. My mom's a teacher. She's a retired teacher. I mentioned that on an earlier podcast. And, you know, I saw how much it took out of her, you know, um, how much energy, um, time, effort, money. We're not going to even talk about that, y'all. Um, how much it took out of her. Oh, I forgot another funny story. Oh my God. It's also kind of sad, but like early in my teaching career, this had to be like year one or year two. It wasn't me, but one of my um, coworkers has um, like a jar, you know, one of those big um, plastic things of cookies. They sell them at Walmart or whatever like that on her desk. And I think she was giving them out as treats or whatever. And I guess one of the kids got mad because they didn't get one. This joker climbed back in the window at the end of the day when school was over it's all over that joker climbed back in the window y'all stole the cookies 
and was passing them out to his friends. And somehow or another, I don't remember how he got busted. I don't know if one of the kids told. Like I said, it's a snitch in every group, and we need them. Y'all keep keep it keep it going. I don't know how how the story how he got busted, but he he showed sure it, y'all. He showed sure it. He stole them cookies off the teacher's desk. And again, I know this podcast may not be encouraging um, a lot of people to go into education. Um, and it might also be part of the explanation as to why um, there is such a um, significant uh, shortage in education at this particular time. But listen, it's all facts. It's all facts. The following that you have heard has been presented by America's Public Schools. <laughs> listen. If I if I wanted to make it up, I just could. I don't think I could write it as interesting as some of the things that I have shared with you and have not uh, shared with you. I'm definitely going to do a follow up to this particular podcast. Um, I have to get some more stories to share with you. But um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this one. Once again, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for keeping up with me. Um, again, you can uh, hit me up on social media or just follow for my shenanigans as one of the one of my favorite uh, podcasters says. I like that word, one of my uh, shenanigans. Um, you can follow me for my shenanigans um, on social media. I'm at Donna Gay Tyler on um, Instagram, Facebook. I think I might be at my max on Facebook. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, Twitter. I hang out there every now and then. Get some good stories off of Twitter. And again, I appreciate you listening um feel free to like and share leave some stars leave some comments and most importantly stay classy stay hydrated and thanks for stopping by